we present The Unbound Sketchbook, written by Gareth Johnson, Brian Murray, Dario Knight and Matthew Doherty. Volume 5 Come in. Morning! Ah, Sandra, do come in. Oh, and have a seat. Thanks. So... What did you think of the manuscript? Well, I've read it a few times now, and I do have a few notes. Of course. What's first? Well, there's the title for a start. Yeah, it's not my usual fare, but I think it's got a certain poetry about it. The Unbound Sketchbook. I know. Good, eh? It doesn't really say crime thriller, though, does it? Well, not exactly, but I thought... Maybe I could branch out a little. I mean, usually it helps to add in the word death or or murder. Ah, well, the first chapter's got murder in the title. Yeah, this new protagonist of yours, Inspector Murder. This week's thrilling episode of Inspector Murder is called The Spare Room of Doom. Now, Luke, we have been called to... In which Inspector Murder and his trusty sidekick, Luke Vaucluse, are called to inspect a grisly murder at Snotbury Manor. Right. (laughs) Now, Luke... Will they solve the mystery of the spare room of doom? Yes. Good. Okay. Now, look, we have been invited to... Will their to friendship survive their grueling ordeal? Snotbury Manor. How will they face their toughest challenge yet? Right. Will things ever be the same? Oh, for pity's sake. After they've shared their first kiss. Now, hang on a minute. Uh, ready when you are, sir. Shut up, Luke. All this will be revealed in The Spare Room of Doom. About that kiss, sir. Don't worry about that, Luke. Bloody narrator just got carried away. Just what I thought. Wait, I think he's gone. Now, Luke, we have been called to Snotbury Manor to investigate a particularly gruesome murder. The key to solving the murder is to analyze... Surely it can't be Lord Snotbury. His PTSD means he could never fire a gun. Well, hang on a minute. And the maid's anorexia means she could hardly lift a heavy firearm, making such an accurate shot at that distance nigh on impossible. For God's sake. None of this is for a humble narrator to reveal. At last. The only way you can find out the answer to tonight's mystery is by watching... The Spare Room of Doom. Yes, trying to. Right, phew. Okay. Right. Now, look. We have been invited to Snotbury All right, it was the butler. Oh, Oh, for fuck's sake. Now, what's wrong with that? He's not the most convincing character you've created, is he? I mean, he doesn't really do any crime solving. Not at first. You've got to build up momentum. Yes, but the book doesn't really have any momentum, does it? I mean, the chapters don't follow on from each other. This one's completely unrelated. Not to mention blasphemous. Brave crusaders, countrymen, and believers of God, who standeth here today, ready to smite the heretics, although we fight a fearsome foe, remember... We are the superior fighting force. We who have toiled and trained for this moment fight in service of our king. We have right on our side. But above all, we have God on our side. Hooray! <coughs> what? 
Yeah, it's about the whole God thing. I've had a quick pray this morning, spoken to God, and, uh, there's no easy way to say this. He's out on this one. What? But we're doing this in his name. It's funny that. He doesn't actually remember asking you to start a mass slaughter. Of heretics. Well, even so, being linked to this kind of thing is bad for his image. His image? He's never had a problem before. He's rebranding. What? Yeah, he's found out that people are actually well into the whole love and peace thing at the moment, so he's really pushing that and he's dropping all that righteous, smiting, holy vengeance shite. Well, that's just bloody great. I go to all this trouble of getting an army together, and now it's all for nothing, because God wants to start being all warm and fuzzy. So, wait, are we just going home then? Well, of course we are. Without the Almighty on our side, we're doomed. Are we, though? Of course we are. Well, yeah, but it, it's just that... Well, it's just that it's... Well... What? Well, God's not very good at war. Never has been. I think we'll be fine. Not very good at war, but he's omnipotent. Omnipotent. Well, you say that. We've only got his word that he's omnipotent. <laughs> Hang on, are you doubting the Almighty? Don't don't anger him or he'll, he'll smite us all. Okay, firstly, no, he won't. That would be totally off-brand now. And secondly, you remember that last battle we had? Well, God was on our side then, and we got fucking slaughtered. Yes, but we just weren't meant to win that particular battle. Because it wasn't part of God's plan. Yeah. It's funny how all the battles where... We have better weapons or more soldiers than the enemy are the ones that we're meant to win. And when we're outclassed or outmanned, they're not part of God's plan. So you really think we'll be okay then? I think we'll be fine. But what about my speech? What do I say to the troops? Just keep it pretty much the same, but ditch all the God references. Okay. Brave crusaders, countrymen and believers of... Believers who standeth here today, ready to smite the heretics. Although we fight a fearsome foe, remember, we are the superior fighting force. We who hath toiled and trained for this moment fight in the service of our king. Oh, yeah, about the king. Oh, for fuck's sake. I think blasphemy's putting it a bit strongly. Don't piss off the Christian audience. Those fuckers are powerful and they vote with their wallets. It's not as if I haven't explored the theme of religious murder before. My last short story collection featured the Crusades. I'm glad you mentioned the short stories. I read the one you sent over yesterday. Oh, excellent. What did you think? One of your best, actually. Although I'm sure we could think of a snappier title than The Slightly Deadly Adventures of Mark and Jack. Welcome back to the Slightly Deadly Adventures of Mark and Jeff. Having secured the necessary ingredients, our heroes race homewards to enjoy the spoils of their victory. But will their journey home be over before it's even begun? Let's get back to the car. It should be a smooth trip home from here. The hard part is over. Yeah, let's enjoy a well-earned event-free trip home. Mark and Jeff! Samantha! I hear you've been gathering the ingredients for a certain barbecue you've been planning. What of it, Samantha? Say your piece and get out. A barbecue? Oh, we can't have that. Such an event would conflict with my cheese and wine evening. Won't you reconsider? Never! 
Well then, so be it. I wonder if some terrible accident might prevent you from getting home. That would be an awful coincidence. Nothing to do with why I'm standing here. What have you done, you fiend? Recognise these? Our keys! It's very crowded around the reduce shelf in there, isn't it? So much bumping and jostling. Things can just go... missing. I told you to keep an eye on your pockets. I didn't think she would stoop that low. Give us those back. Of course. Here you go. I don't trust this. Oh, by the way, get behind the wheel of that car. It will mean your almost probable doom. Goodbye, Mark and Jeff. She's gone. Now quick, let's get out of here. Wait. What did she mean? Almost probable doom. Does it matter? She's gone. But look, she's adjusted all the mirrors to drastically increase our blind spot. It's a risk, but I won't let her win. And look here. She's moved the seat, leaving a dangerously small amount of legroom. Mark, we've got no choice. Oh my God, she slashed the spare tyre. She's locked the GPS onto day colours and it's dark outside. This will significantly increase our distraction levels. Damn it. She's even used up all the windscreen cleaning fluid. If it gets dirty, we won't stand a chance. Face it. She's won. The day I let her win is the day I lose who I am, Mark. I don't want her to win either, Jeff. But you can't argue with the facts. I gave up listening to the facts long ago, Mark. Gut instinct and courage are the only voices I need to hear. I suppose we don't have a choice. Start it up. I'll get the hands-free kit out of the glove compartment. Right. No! She's taken the hands-free and left a note. Dear Mark and Jeff, I hope you don't mind, but I told all your friends now is an excellent time to call you, and they'll want to speak to you both personally. Jeff! We can't possibly answer the phone whilst driving, if someone calls. Just watch me, Mark. When there's a barbecue at stake, a man can do a lot of things. Well, back to the new novel. What else don't you like about it? It's not that I don't like it. I'm just not sure it's what your readers will expect. I can't keep churning out the same old thing. I've got to stretch my wings. I know, but think of the sales. Come on. The bit about the pick, you must have liked that. Okay, guys, we've got the business idea. we set up the website. All we need now is the branding, a name that really sums it all up. Right, let's think. What's our main selling point? Well, customised cards ordered through the internet. Okay, so how about something techie like digi-cards? Hmm, doesn't quite work for me. What about playing on the customization factor, like cards for you, and we could use the number four instead of the word for? Nah, too cheesy. What's your suggestion, then? Well, and stay with me on this, but how about Moonpig? Uh, okay, um, uh, talk us through that. What's to talk through? It's just Moonpig. Uh-huh. And you can say it in a really catchy way, like, Moonpig.com. But you can do that with any name, like, YourCards.com. Well, it goes so well with our logo. What logo? The one of the pig in the space helmet. It doesn't make sense if we're not called Moonpig. But we don't have to use that logo. Of course we do. Why else would we be called Moonpig? But we don't need to be called Moonpig. Well, now you're just going round in circles. No, you're going round in... Uh... Alan, help me out here. Okay, how about Underwater Badger? What? Interstellar Echidna? But these don't make any sense. Transcendental Mongoose. 
Look, this is ridiculous. Can't we just be called something sensible like customcards.com? You know full well we've already used that name for our Luna swine breeding program. <sighs> Fair point. Moonpig it is, then. That bit did make me chuckle. I need come round to it. I suppose in its own right, it's a great book. We'll need to think of a marketing strategy, though. We're tapping into a new audience for you. Oh, I've got nothing else on. Should we throw a few ideas around? Go on, then. I'll make some tea. Oh, that reminds me. I've got another short story for you. Welcome to today's management seminar. Today, we will be talking about how to improve efficiency in the workplace and break up a continuous boring routine. Please be aware that as managers, this is your responsibility, and seeking to delegate these tasks to team members is a dereliction of duty. So, to the first technique. Often in the workplace, morale can start to dip as a result of an uninterrupted span of work. When this happens, management should think about introducing a series of temporary effective actions, or T for short. Often, just before introducing T, you should announce your intentions with a phrase such as, I'll get the T's. This alerts the workforce that you have identified the gap in morale and intend to introduce new initiatives to combat it. T can often be disruptive. A feeling of excessive management interference in their day-to-day -day tasks may leave your team feeling bitter. As such, it is often a good idea to sweeten the deal, as it were, when introducing tea. Consider the possibility of introducing strategic unilateral gratuitous acts of reward. Mix this in with tea on occasion, and it should remove the sense of bitterness some of your team feel. Some managers even like to leave the decision up to team members themselves, making a point of asking, would you like sugar with your tea. Of course, tea isn't the only motivational technique in your arsenal, and it will not work on your entire team. For some, you will need to introduce a stronger initiative. Consider the use of combined organisational facilitation of forced excellence engagement. An altogether more intense initiative, coffee, can revitalise a tired workforce. Again, you may wish to leave the decision of which to introduce up to individual team members, making a point of asking, would you like tea or coffee? If, at any point, your team mentions the possibility of largely analogue tangential target elasticity, or worse, critically assessed performance pursuit under carefully considered indicators of notional optimization, please be aware that lattes and cappuccinos are advanced techniques that should be reserved for the more experienced and valued workforce such as yourself and your team may be getting ideas above their station. Lastly, please be aware that there is likely to be a financial impact in introducing any of these initiatives. It would be unreasonable to expect this burden to fall upon team members, and it may be necessary to take this financial impact upon yourselves. Now, with this talk over, as high-powered businessmen and women, would anyone like to engage in some casual recreational acts concerning karma? Not really a story per se, is it? Good though. I'm sure we can fit it in somewhere. Online content's all the rage now. So we're definitely pressing ahead with this one. Title and all? Yeah, alright. It'll be a risk, but let's do it. Oh, thank you. I know it's not my usual style, but hey, you can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. Yeah, about that bit. This is all your fault, you know. Look, just get on with it. Okay, okay, now... Have we definitely got all the pieces? I don't know. Well, you were the one who knocked it off pissing about with your sword. I was doing combat drills. You were showing off. Well, that's not important now. 
Let's just try with these parts, and then when we're finished, we can see what we're missing. We're missing a sense of coordination. Look, just wait. Do you hear something? Someone's coming. Crap, it's the king. Hide it. How? Just stand there and look casual. Morning, men. Morning, Morning, sire. Morning, Dobbin. Men, have you seen my pet egg? Humpty Dumpty, sire. Uh, No, can't say I have, sire. Have, Have you seen him? No, no, not at all. Not seen him at all today. See, neither of us have seen him. You seen him, Dobbin? That means no. What's funny, I could have sworn I left him up on that wall. What, this wall? Definitely haven't seen him on this wall, have we? That means no. Well, it'll be pretty strange, given you haven't seen him at all, if you'd also seen him on that wall, eh? Yes, sire. (laughs) (laughs) That, That would be strange. Good joke, sire. Well, given you're not here guarding my egg like I told you to, what exactly are you three doing here? Uh, standing here, keeping lookout like you told us to. So you are guarding my egg? Egg? No. I don't remember any mention of an egg. You just told us to stand here, didn't you, Dobbin? Yeah! That means yes. So you've been standing here all this time, my favourite egg has gone missing... And you didn't even notice. Oh, that egg. Humpty, now I remember. What happened was... Was the... Someone took him. Yeah, someone took him. Weren't you three guarding him? Yes. Yes, we were. But... uh, He overpowered us. One egg thief overpowered two king's men and a horse. No, no, because... That would mean that we were incompetent. And therefore should be hacked. Exactly. Which is why that is absolutely not what happened. He had ten. Twenty. Sorry, yes, he had twenty accomplices and they overpowered us and knocked us out. Which explains why we were so confused when you first arrived. I was wondering about that, but now that makes perfect sense. Phew. I, I mean, that's because it happened. In fact, details are coming back to me now. Um... Before we lost consciousness, the thief definitely ran off way over there. Um, why don't you go after him, sire, for at least 30 minutes? And we'll stay here and look for clues. Good idea, men. I'll see you in half an hour, hopefully with Humpty. Shit, what do we do now? Okay, okay, we'll fix him, quickly. And then say we caught the thief, but he gave us the egg and then ran away. Genius. The king need never know. Okay, so if you take that bit there, and then if I grab... uh, Oh, this is useless! The king's going to be back in five minutes, and we've got nowhere. We're going to have to tell him, aren't we? It looks that way. But if we want to keep our lives, we're going to need a way to soften the blow. I've got it! It's no good, men. I couldn't find any sign of the thief. I'm never going to see my egg again. Sire, would you like an omelette? I do have one other question. Shit. It's a lot funnier than your normal stuff, this one. Have you ever considered becoming a comedy writer? Comedy? 
You know, some of these chapters would make great sketches. How dare you? Sketch comedy? I've never been so insulted. I'm finding a new agent. Bloody writers. The Unbound Sketchbook was written and performed by Gareth Johnson, Brian Murray, Matthew Doherty and Dario Knight. With Alistair Sanderson, Emily Pugh, John North, Joe Pratt, Pete Benson and Hannah Rogers. It was recorded by Pete Benson, edited by Gareth Johnson and produced by Dario Knight for Unbound Productions.